Hi, this is Laura Bolgreen, and today we'll be reading Matthew 16, verses 1 through 12. One day, the Pharisees and Sadducees came to test Jesus, demanding that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. He replied, You know the saying, red sky at night means fair weather tomorrow. Red sky in the morning means foul weather all day. You know how to interpret the weather signs in the sky, but you don't know how to interpret the signs of the times. Only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign, but the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. Then Jesus left them and went away. Later, after they crossed to the other side of the lake, the disciples discovered they had forgotten to bring any bread. Watch out, Jesus warned them. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. At this, they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. And Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, You have so little faith. Why are you arguing with each other about having no bread? Don't you understand even yet? Don't you remember the 5,000 I fed with five loaves and the baskets of leftovers you picked up? Or the 4,000 I fed with seven loaves and the large baskets of leftovers you picked up? Why can't you understand that I'm not talking about bread? So again, I say, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then at last they understood that he wasn't speaking about the yeast and bread, but about the deceptive teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. One of the things I have noticed more and more as I read scripture in recent years is the fact that we all tend to approach the words in this book with a certain filter or lens that impacts how we receive the text. So if the primary voices in our lives, our own or the voices of others, are mostly full of anger, impatience, or shame, it's very easy to read that tone into the text. And for a lot of years, that was how I read the Bible. Not on purpose and, and not really even consciously. It was just a natural extension of the critical voice I often used against myself. So if I spent most of my time thinking, wow, I really screwed that up. <laughs> How is it possible I'm not better yet? Is this really so hard for me to understand? Then when I came to the words of Jesus with those thoughts already in my mind, then it understandably came out as something that sounded equally impatient or fussy or aggravated and disappointed. But the problem with that is we begin to create a perception of God that is nothing like the God who is revealed by and in Jesus Christ. Jesus reveals to us a God of deep love, unending grace, and inexhaustible patience. He reveals to us a God who welcomes questions and who invites outsiders to come in a little bit closer. And when I can remember that, it always changes the way I experience these texts. When I remember that, I read this story completely differently. At one point, I might have heard Jesus' refusal to perform a miraculous sign as something filled with frustration, as if he's just had all he can stand of people demanding more, more, more from him, and, and he's just annoyed that people continue to be so dense. But now I read these words and I can imagine Jesus reminding people, we look around and make decisions based on what we observe in the world all the time. We've learned how to read the signs of the sky, to know what to expect and how to plan our day, to prepare accordingly for weather that's headed our way. And yet when it comes to something that feels just a little too important or, or a little extra spiritual, we want a very clear sign, something 
unmistakable, something to prove to us that we're going the right direction. But what if in these words, Jesus was reassuring us, part of discernment is just paying attention and making decisions based on what you've observed. What if he's reassuring us saying, I've given you everything you need. Keep your eyes open and you won't miss the important stuff. You don't need magic. You don't need to have this, this instruction written in the, in the skies. You just, you need to access the ability to discern that has been given to you. Trust your knowing. Previously, I might have read his charge to the disciples to beware the yeast of the Pharisees and heard the edge of irritation in his voice, berating them for missing something so obvious, for still having so little faith, for just not getting it. But that's the voice I use with myself. (laughs) That's not the voice of Jesus. Now I read these words and I can imagine it as a gentle correction. I can imagine Jesus saying, oh, I wasn't talking about actual bread. I mean... Be aware of the questions and the doubts that the religious leaders might sow into you. Be careful of the influence that can work its way under your skin and cause you to second-guess yourself and what you know. In the chapter just before this one, the disciples had a moment of concern, realizing that Jesus had upset the religious leaders. That reminds me that there's still a power structure at play here, and I wonder if... Following this call to pay attention to the signs of the sky, which some of Jesus' disciples would have known quite well as fishermen, I wonder if he spoke these words about the yeast of the Pharisees in order to remind them that they're not subject to the religious leaders' interpretations of the spiritual and the divine. They've experienced it for themselves. I wonder if he was calling them to remember and trust what they had experienced with Jesus. To not give in to the doubts sowed by religious leaders, doubts about Jesus or about their own ability to follow him. In these words, I can hear Jesus saying, remember who I am and remember who you are. Don't get distracted by the so-called experts or the know-it-alls. Remember who I am. Remember who you are and trust your knowing. When I read the text like this, instead of feeling scolded, I feel invited to come closer to the heart of Jesus. So what are the filters you find yourself reading scripture through? And what might change if you were to begin to adjust those? God, I pray that more and more we would see the truth of who you are revealed in the Bible, revealed in the person of Jesus Christ, that we would not read our own lens of shame or irritation or impatience or frustration, but we would instead pause to, to wonder what might be going on, pause to listen for your voice of kindness, compassion, reassurance, instruction. And as we hear that, and as we encounter you in those ways, I pray that it would, would change our lives, that it would draw us closer to you and embolden us and allow us to experience the divine with you more and more. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.